Well, if you brought your Bible, turn to a couple of places. Let's go to First uh, Samuel. First Samuel, the second chapter, and then Romans, the thirteenth chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, we have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. Hold up your hand, and uh, the ushers will get one to you. Good things are happening. Our best days are ahead. Everything that the Lord's done for us is preparing for the next greater thing. Right? I mean, Him, He never peaks. There's just always more. Always greater. So, we're thankful for that. He's, uh, uh, we, we've already heard testimonies that people are saying, you know, I'm, I'm in the best shape of my life. I've never been in this condition. That everything I got's paid off and paid for, and I've got more besides, and I've got more freedom, and I'm doing better in my mind and my soul and my marriage and my family and my body. That's the will of God. He said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Or as the Amplified says, to the full until it overflows. Jesus said that's why he came. A lot of people have tried to make it into different things, but that's what he said as to why he has come. So uh, let's see to it, since he's paid such a, such a dear price for it, let's see to it that we live this abundant life that he has so graciously paid for and given to us. 1 Samuel 2, do you have your Bible there? 1 Samuel 2, and then uh, Romans 13. We've been on a series for some... Uh, some days now, we're calling honor to whom honor. Honor to whom honor. And our text here, um, this second chapter, tells of how Eli uh, was over the house of God and his sons were ministers under him and they were wicked men and they did evil things. They stole the people's offerings. They were having... Uh, affairs with the women that came, and they were just despising and abusing the things of God all over the uh, the house of God. And the Lord warned them and uh, spoke to their father, and he gave them a little slap on the hand, reprimand, but he didn't do anything about it. And now judgment has come. Uh, you remember the Bible said, if you don't judge yourself, you'll be judged. And so that's what is happening now. In verse 29, he said, uh, uh, told Eli, he said, you have honored your sons above me. You know, when you let stuff go that you could change and, and have control over, and you know it's wrong, but you let it go, the devil's counting on you loving that flesh so much that you let wrong stuff go. You allow it to continue, and it's wrong. You, uh, you're not doing your, your children, your friends, your brothers, your sisters, any favors by uh, being an enabler to them to disrespect the things of God. Are you? And uh, he said, you've honored your sons above me. Verse 31, wherefore the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. A very sobering thought. We got into this uh, on our last uh, message about not despising his things. Even though God had given Eli and his uh, sons and their sons after them this privilege of priesthood and ministry, now they have lost it. Even though God gives you something precious, if you despise it, you will lose it. Hmm? You know the promised land that God gave that first generation of Israelites that he delivered out of Egyptian bondage. The Bible said they despised the good land that God had given them. Did they lose it? They did. Even though God had already given it to them 
Even though it was prepared for them from the foundation, the Bible said, it was, you couldn't say it wasn't the will of God for them to go in there, and yet that whole older generation, none of them lived there. They lived their shortened life out in that dry desert and never experienced the plan of God for their life. Wonder if that's ever happened with anybody else. It has. It's, it's sad. But there are many people of God that are just experiencing a dry, bleak existence. And it comes back to despising the things of God. Now when we hear the word despise in modern vernacular and usage, people think of disdain. But no, uh, despising the things of God can be as simple as ignoring them. Not acknowledging them. Read that last phrase out loud with me, if you would, the, uh, the 30th verse. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Read that out loud again, please, with me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Esteemed. Ever how you treat him is how he's going to treat you. Now the word honor basically means from the Hebrew words heavy or weighty. And uh, that same word is translated glory. When you're experiencing the glory of God, you are experiencing his honor. It's, it's what is on the inside of him. You do believe that there is nothing disrespectful in God. Nothing dishonoring or not honorable in Him. That's where it came from. Honor came from Him. Uh, and uh, in commerce, back when this was written, you understand that they had an understanding of the word. If you wanted to buy something, you didn't just pull out paper. You pulled out, usually, precious metals. Sometimes you traded. You might trade grain or you might trade livestock or whatever. But the uh, scale was used. You know, the one with the chains and the pans, little ones and big ones. And so if something was cheap, you just put a little bit on the pan and balanced how much it cost. But if something was really high quality, it took some heavy Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you had to pile a bunch of gold on that to, to balance it out, to, to equal the price to buy, because this is a high quality, this is a very expensive, valuable item. Well, despise is the opposite of that. Did you see where he said, if you despise me, you'll be lightly esteemed. That's what despise means. Despise means to treat as insignificant, uh, unimportant. No big deal. There's a word you hear nowadays, whatever, that describes despising. You ought not use that word like that. We ought not use that word. Whatever. That is despising. What, what's the problem with that? Well, you despise and you're going to be despised. You treat God's things as unimportant and insignificant and trivial. Your things will be treated as unimportant and insignificant. But the good news is, the first part, right? If you honor Him, how many know you can count on what God told you? If He told you, you do this and I'll do this, as surely as you do this, what's going to happen? He's going to do that. What, he, what did He say He's going to do? Those that honor me, those that treat me, my people, my things, my word, as important, as substantial, as significant, I'm going to treat them and their things as important and significant. You know, the, the Lord uh, told me back decades ago in the very beginning of my endeavoring to follow His plan for my life, I was doing a lot of stuff that I didn't feel like was the best use of my time, but it seemed like I had to do it. And uh, I said, Lord, uh, I'd like to, you know, be freed up from some of these things. He said, well, son, the, I don't mean to hurt a voice now, but inside me, he communicated to my heart. He said, son, the more important 
your time becomes to me, the more of it I'll give back to you. And uh, he began to help me to see. You know, I don't need uh, cameras and internet and jet aircraft and millions of dollars and a bunch of people to help me to watch TV and goof off. And, (laughs) huh? (laughs) What do I need that for? You see, the more... uh, If what's important to him becomes important to me, then my stuff becomes important to him. Come on, are you listening, friends? My time becomes more important to him. What I'm doing, why? Because I'm doing what he's doing. Right? But if I don't care about what he's doing, then why does he need to get involved with what I'm doing? Why does he need to support me and help me to, to blow my life? To waste it. Why do I need to be? Why does he need to heal me and keep me in perfect health so I can sin stronger? <laughs> huh? <laughs> I don't need a strong voice so I can cuss louder. Hmm? Or strengthen my body so I can slap people harder. <laughs> but if what's important to him is important to me, and not just me now, you, every believer on the planet, He will get in your life. He'll give you tools and resources that'll free you up. Do you care about this, friends? The more important His things become to you, the more important your things become to Him. You honor Him, tell me what comes next. He's going to honor you. He'll honor you. You know, God lets you ride in a new car instead of a rusty bicycle. <laughs> He's honoring you. God lets you live in a good house instead of a shack on the side of the road. He's honoring you. Right? God lets you travel first class instead of the back of the bus. He's honoring you. Wear good clothes instead of rags. He's honoring you. And the most important way He honors us is with His presence. With His presence. I have the sense that it is promotion time for all of us. God's will is that all of us come up to another place of usefulness, fruitfulness, effectiveness, that our words, our lives, our thoughts, our actions, our goings and doings matter and make a difference. And our life was not lived in vain and for nothing. But in order for us to do that, it'll be because he honored us with his presence, with opportunities, with grace, with resources. And that's only going to come after we honor him. And if we honor him more, he'll honor us more. Are you interested in learning more about this, friends? This is very, very important. Them that honor me... I will honor. Look in in Romans, the 13th chapter, please. Romans 13. Romans 13 and 7, in the uh, God's Word translation, says it like this. Pay everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes... Try to get out of them. <laughs> no. What the Bible say? Yeah. Pay them. Now, I know a lot of people don't, don't like the sound of that, but people say, well, the government's so messed up and, and um, they just waste so much money. I know, I know. But there's a lot of people who don't even believe in God and a lot of people have no faith and, and, and you know, when I pay my taxes, I'm thinking it's their money that's getting wasted. They don't care. They're saying the wrong thing. I, I, I visualize my money's going to something good. I mean, building streets and supporting our troops and doing things that are necessary. I mean, you know, the, the country needs money. You know that. And so all that money that they're blowing, that's somebody else's money that's cussing and don't care. <laughs> Huh? 
They, well, they're wasting their money. Mine's going to something good. So pay the taxes that you owe. If you owe tolls, pay them. Now, it keeps going. If you owe someone respect, respect that person. If you owe someone honor, honor that person. Here he compares owing respect to owing taxes or owing a bill or owing money or owing anything. And so the Bible teaches us that we owe respect. We owe honor. Now that is a different mentality than much of the church world has. Because much of the church world has not been taught about honor and has been conformed to the world's way of thinking about honor and about respect. And in fact, in this country right here, we're suffering from the rebellion of the 60s. Not just the 60s, but particularly the 60s. We have now second and third generations of people that have grown up that were never taught honor. Never taught respect. I mean, they're just rude and have no respect for their elders or for anybody that's over them in any capacity. They'll just say anything. They'll just do anything and don't even see it. Don't even realize what they're doing. Well, it's costing people in the presence of God. And in the blessing of God, because if you are disrespectful with people, you are disrespectful with God. Now let me begin to prove this to you further. There's no way around this. There's no such thing as you're all respectful with God, but you're rude with people everywhere. No, you're living in a fairy tale world. In 1 John, the scripture says this. 1 John 4 and 20 1 John 4 and 20, he said, if a man say, I love God and hates his brother, what's the situation? He's mistaken. He's confused. No, he's a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? What's the implied answer? You can't. This is what the Bible says. Verse 21 And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God, love his brother also. So just from this passage alone, how would we know somebody really loves God? They love the brethren. They love God's kids. And see, people like to think, well, you know, oh, I love God. I love God with all my heart. I mean, he and I got no problem. But it's all these people. Man, I can't stand people. No, you're, you're imagining that you love God. But when you're seeing something about Him, you're despising it. Why? Because you, if, if you don't love people that you have seen, He said, how can you love God whom you have not seen? What does that mean? Why, does that, why is that true? Because God made people. And God is in people. Especially in his people. And especially in his people who love him and yield to him. And so if you're never, uh, you know, loving and respecting people whom God is being manifested in, you're kidding yourself to say, I love God. Respect for God is shown in respect for people. Just as simple as that. You remember Jesus. This happened with him. He came to his own. And his own received him not. The religious leaders of his day, the scribes and the Sadducees, the lawyers, the the Pharisees. Oh, they were so adamant about how much they respected Moses and the law and the Sabbath and and the commandments. And they were so, oh, you got to respect it. Oh, man, they'll they'll kill you over not respecting it. Right? Right? They're they're ready to kill you, throw rocks at you and kill you if you don't keep the Sabbath day because they respect God so much. Now, see, that hardness, that rigidity has not honor. That's not honor. And yet Jesus came and the God they supposedly have so much respect for, they're seeing him, they're hearing him in Jesus and they despise him. Didn't they? They despised him. They disrespected him. They dishonored him. 
And so if they had really honored God, when they saw him in the man Jesus, they would have respected the man. Can you see this? No such thing as I respect God and you don't respect people. I love God, you don't love people. Can't be. So how do we know who really, really loves God? The people, you show me somebody who really, really loves God, I'll show you somebody who really, really loves people. You show me somebody who really, really respects and honors God, I'll show you someone who really, really respects and honors people. Because a big part of how we honor God is in honoring those He told us to honor. And we owe it. Somebody say, owe it. Now, the worldly mentality of honor and respect, so many times when people think about respect, the first thing they think about is you better respect me. <laughs> and you see, even Christians talking about demand, I demand respect. You will respect me. You will respect me in my house. <laughs> and so they're demanding respect. Absolutely wrong. You can't make anybody respect you. You can stomp your feet, you can holler, and you can pound the table, and it will not make anybody respect you. Don't demand respect. Demonstrate respect. Somebody say demonstrate. Demonstrate, show respect. If, if you will give the respect you owe, you'll reap the respect you sow. That's how it works. So people think, well, you, you respect me, respect me. And then on the other side, when it comes to other people, them giving respect, their thinking is, well, have you earned my respect? And I have to test everybody and see if they passed all my criteria, then maybe I might show you some respect. No, the Bible says you owe some respect. Whether you feel like you do or whether you don't, and even though you may not be able to respect everything a person in authority says or does, you must respect the place that they're in, or elsewise you disrespect the God who created the place and chose the people to be in the place. So we need a lot of mind renewal, don't we? About respect and about honor. Don't demand respect, demonstrate respect. So honor and respect. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Genesis, please, this morning. The book of Genesis. We'll be looking at the third chapter and possibly the first chapter. We'll see. We're asking the question this morning, where did disrespect come from? Where and when did dishonor begin? The Lord has given us a word in this church from the beginning of this series that uh, honoring God and man has a lot to do with what you don't say and what you don't do. He's brought that up to me repeatedly in studying on this. We need to pay attention to that statement. I didn't think that up. That wasn't in my notes. What we don't do what we don't say is a big part of showing respect and honor. And so uh, we must identify what we're doing and saying that is disrespectful and stop it. Do you want to see it or not? Do you want to know it? You don't suppose you have arrived in the full measure of development in this, do you suppose you have said and done some things disrespectful? Hmm? You might not have been as aware of, like I said, we've, we've got people that hadn't been taught. They, they weren't taught it at home. They weren't taught it at school. Their parents weren't taught it. It's been, some things have been lost. But we must, we, we, even though it may have been lost to society and to the world, it hadn't been lost to God. It's still right here in His Word. It's never gone anywhere. Right? Do you want to know these things? Do you want to learn these things? We've asked him. We've prayed this, you know, two or three times during the message. I've stopped. I said, let's pray this right now. And we asked the Lord, Lord, teach us. Lord, show us. And he's doing it. I said, he's doing it. I can sense it in my spirit. 
Last night, he began to take me to some things, and he showed me four things that I'm clearer on than I've ever been before. I'm excited about it, because this is direct answer to our prayer. And we only prayed it a few days ago. God is good to us. He's bringing us up. Why? He's so, like Brother Dave was talking about, his eyes are scanning the planet. His great love is just bursting at the seams, if you will, wanting to pour out and flood our lives. But he can't bless disrespect and sin and dishonor. But if we'll learn how to honor him, oh, he'll honor us. With good thing after good thing. With opportunity after opportunity. Promotion and increase after promotion and increase. Are you interested? Yes, sir. Is that your heart to say, Lord, teach me. Show me. Teach me. I want, don't you want to know if you've been being disrespectful? Yes, sir. You've been dishonoring God and man. You want to know. Okay. Then you'll receive it then. Where did disrespect begin? Where and when? Well, to learn the beginning, go back to the book of beginnings. I submit to you that in the original creation, the beginning of creation, before sin, before Adam and Eve fell, there was no disrespect. There wasn't even any rudeness. Hmm? It didn't God, it wouldn't have come out of God. He didn't create it. He didn't create Adam and Eve with rudeness built in. Did he? Because he likes a little rudeness. You know, it gives them character. <laughs> no, uh-uh. I submit to you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the plants and the animals. He created the garden. He created Adam and Eve, and He put them in there. And He'd come down personally and fellowship with them, commune with them. Now, you know, uh, so-called scientists would have us to believe... That in the beginning, man was hunched over, real weird looking, no language, grunting. So basically, if there was Adam and Eve, Adam looked at Eve and went, ugh. And Eve looked back and went, ugh, ugh. This is a lie. I said, this is a lie. A lie. God created Adam and Eve in His image. After His kind. Now, the, the Lord has been showing me in recent times, the only reason I say it so strong about evolution, uh, things do adapt and change through the years. And God, is, His creation is so brilliant. We animals, plants, all of having a, a, an adaptability. To what's going on. But one species does not become another species. Never has. Never will. You see in this first chapter of Genesis. God made this after its own kind. This after its own kind. Birds after their kind. Animals after their kind. I mean some 15, 20 times. After its own kind. That the word kind there. Is the is definition of it is species. Species. Birds cannot evolve and become humans. Fish cannot turn into another species and become human. Never have. Never will. They might develop and become a different fish, but they can never be a giraffe. You know why those missing links in evolution are missing honey they ain't just missing they don't exist that's why nobody can find them <laughs> why are you saying this brother because God look it's an amazing wonderful wonderful statement look in, in Genesis 1 my 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 <laughs> Uh, Genesis 1, and 
and uh, verse 24. God said, let the earth bring forth, 124, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so, and God made the beast of the earth after his kind, cattle after their kind, everything that creeps upon the earth uh, after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image. What does that mean? After my kind. Oh, after my kind. We are the sons of God. I know people might want to take issue with that, but you know, we are in the God category of species. After his kind. I know we don't always look like it and sound like it now. Somebody say, you don't believe in evolution? I think that ought to be obvious by now. I believe in devolution. It's a word. Man has not evolved to the current amazing state that he's in. Man has devolved. Man was created amazing, brilliant, glorious, and has fallen to the point where many men live like animals now. That's not evolved, that's devolved. And so in the beginning, God would come down and commune with his, his son and his daughter, Adam and Eve. And God would say, look at this. And they would see, we, we've never seen what they have seen. A sunrise or sunset in the perfect atmosphere. We've never seen it. Everything we've seen has been tainted by sin and the curse. And Adam did not look at him and go, ugh. <laughs> Adam said, God, how'd you do that? Eve said, yeah. And he explained it to them. And they understood it. Say, no uggs. No, no ups. Brilliant, amazing, God-like, because they are in the God category. He made them after his kind. Can you see this? And there was no rudeness. There was no disrespect. There was no dishonor. God created, he, he, excuse me, he brought the animals to Adam. And he said, Adam, I'm going to give you the privilege of naming these. What should this one be called? Adam didn't look and say, ugh, or even say, pretty. <laughs> he was so brilliant, he looked at how God made the animal and had enough understanding of the functions of the animal's ability. He thought for a moment, he said, Called his name, and God said, that's exactly right. That's exactly what he should be called. Then bring another, and he said, what should you call this? Animal after animal, brilliant. Amazing. And God, there was no arguing between God and Adam about the naming of the animals. Hmm? God never, excuse me, Adam never said anything disparagingly about God's creation. There was no strife. There was no disrespect. How many believe there was absolutely no disrespect between God, Adam, Eve, Adam, Adam and Eve? They didn't talk ugly to each other. They weren't rude to each other. The first time we ever see any disrespect is when the devil comes on the scene. And that makes sense. Because he is the despiser. In the third chapter. In the third chapter of Genesis. It says the serpent was more subtle. Than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman. Yea. Has God said. You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Let me ask you a question. 
Respectful? Disrespectful. What is this? The Lord gave me, I said, four things. That he, he, He's given us a word. Uh, stop disrespecting. What, uh, showing honor and respect, a lot of it is what you don't do. What you don't say. And here's the first one. Questioning. Somebody say questioning. Questioning. This is not a humble, honest, teach me question, is it? No. This is a sarcastic. This is a defiant. Can you hear the defiance in this question? Has God said, did he really say, you shall eat of every tree of the garden? Now, we can't cover every possible expression of disrespect, but you can get the spirit of it. You can learn the tone of it, the sound of it, the, the feel of it. And are you hearing it in this phrase here? Are you hearing it? Has God said... Have you ever heard anybody be disrespectful in asking a question? Is that right? Oh, really? Now, friend, we've grown up with this as commonplace. But it's not okay. We need to get rid of it. We need to get it out of us. And when you hear this disrespect, it is time for you to change. It is time for you to get away from it. Get it away from you. Get yourself away from it. Because when you start hearing this kind of disrespect, don't keep listening. It's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse from here. Did it get worse from here? What should they have done right here, right now? This entity is speaking irreverently about their God. Who made them? Who gives them their breath? Who's never been anything but good and wonderful to them? And who is this? Who is this? Asking this kind of question with this kind of tone, this kind of attitude. Has God said? You keep hearing it throughout uh, Scripture. You remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? Remember that? What did the devil say when he came to him? If you're the Son of God, command these stones. Be made bre- now listen, when you hear that tone, don't try to understand the question. Don't try to answer the question. Get away from it. If you're the Son of God, and then later in the chapter, Luke 4, said so took him up on the pinnacle of the temple and said, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. Disrespectful. Can you hear the disrespect in the question? Listen to this in the book of Luke. Can you take some more of this? Are you okay this morning? Do you want to know? Luke 24 and the 39th verse. Has God said in Luke 24 no, excuse me, 23. I told you wrong. You that didn't look right. 23 39. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, you know, they hung two people on his side, one on each side. And one of the malefactors, one of the criminals, which was hanged, railed on him and said, If you be the Christ, save yourself. And us, is that a a respectful reference to the Lord? No. Disrespectful. Sarcastic. If you're the Christ... Do something. And the other one on the other side rebuked him and said, Do you not fear God? Does his words reveal he did not fear God? There's no respect in him. No honor. Do you not fear God seeing that you're in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. He said, We deserve to be up here. But not him. And then he turned and said, Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Hear any respect there? Is there respect there? 
Now tell me what happens if you honor the Lord? If you honor Him, what happens? Jesus, in the midst of hanging on the cross and everything that was going on, turns and answers the man and says to him, Verily, you can count on this. I say to you, today shall you be with me in paradise. Oh, what about the guy with the smart mouth? Where'd he wind up? Huh? Those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Right? What about that guy? Never hear about him? Don't know. Probably not good. Right? But here's somebody. Even in their last time. He admits, I'm a criminal. I deserve to be executed. That's a bad man. Right? And yet he turns around with respect and says, Jesus, Lord, when? Not if. <laughs> respect. When you come into your kingdom, do you remember me? The Lord says, verily. <laughs> and I mean right after that, Jesus shows up in paradise and guess who's with him? Who might want to know, who's that guy? Somebody who showed some respect. Somebody who knew something about honor. Instead of asking smarty aleck questions. How many know? I know that word sounds kind of funny, but we live in a smart aleck world. Right? Smart mouthed, disrespectful, don't we? And that's gotten in the church. It has infected the church. It, it, it hurts me when I hear children and teenagers of Christians, of ministers, the way they talk and the way they do. It's not just that I take personal offense to it. I'm thinking about them. If they don't get that straightened out, it's not going to go well with them. And they're not going to live long. I'm quoting the Bible. Why? Because if you don't know how to respect and honor people, you don't know how to respect and honor God. And if you don't honor God, it's not going to be well with you. You're not going to be honored. You're not going to be blessed. This is important, isn't it? So, this first one. The Lord gave me four things that we are to stop doing. We asked Him to teach us, and He's teaching us. This is the first one. What's the first one? Questioning. Not, this is not a, a humble teach me attitude question. This is a defiant, isn't it? Defiant. Has God said? Don't let that kind of thing come out of your mouth. Get, get free from that. Put that aside. The second one is right here in the passage. Keep reading. He said, has God said? Chapter 3 of Genesis. You shall not eat. Of, of the tree, every tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. Here's number two. Is that respectful or disrespectful? So disrespectful. Disrespect is questions. Disrespect contradicts. Disrespect is an arguer and a contradictor. God said, no, no you won't. Have you ever heard that? Is it the same tone as, has God said? Same, same spirit, isn't it? Same attitude. Same tone. And there, you got flesh, I got flesh. And every one of us, there's something about your flesh when somebody says up, you want to say down. They say right, you want to say left. Do it, you want to say don't do it. That's the nature of sin. That's the nature of the devil. He said, no, no, no. You're not going to die. Blatant lie. So disrespectful. 
How, I mean, how much more disrespectful can you get with God than looking at Him and calling Him a liar? Hmm? God said, you eat of the fruit, you'll die. He said, no, you won't. Do you hear it? Do you sense the spirit of this? Do you want every vestige of this to be out of you? And you never act like this or talk like this. Does it matter if you talk this way with people? Yes, it does. Because that's a big part of how you show respect to God. It's how you deal with people. Contradicting. No, you won't. No, you won't. No. See, God knows that in the day you eat of this, your eyes are going to be opened and you're going to be as God yourself. Well, they were already made in the God category. He's trying to sell them something they already got. They're too dumb to realize it. It's bad when brilliant people act dumb. It's happened since then. And he, uh, he said, you, you'll be as gods, knowing good and evil. Is this respectful or disrespectful? Isn't he casting questions about God's character and God's intent? Hmm? Nah, he just told you that. To keep you away from the tree. Well, what kind of person does that make him? Trying to keep something special to himself and away from you. And actually telling you something wrong to hide it and keep it from you. Lies, lies, lies. And yet, they're still standing there listening to this stuff. Let's go over this again now. When you hear that disrespect, what is it time for you to do? Get away from it. Get it away from you or get yourself away from it. Because it's not going to get any better. The more you listen to it, it's going to get worse. And you don't want that in you. There's certain things you're better off never hearing. Somebody's talking this kind of disrespect. There's no way God's in it. I don't care who they are, what they're supposed to know and be. God's not in this kind of disrespect and dishonor. Is he? So when you hear it, don't listen to the rest. Of, don't let them finish their story. Don't let them finish their spill. Say, no, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Disrespect. And so verse 9, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave to her husband with her and he did eat. And they sinned, and they fell. Their fellowship with God was cut off. They were driven out of their beautiful garden. They became vulnerable to disease and aging and depression. And instead of just beautiful flowers and peace, there were thorns. The animals started killing each other and ripping each other apart. See, that never existed in the first part of it. The Bible tells us when everything is restored, the lion will lay down with the lamb. So, see, we think, well, this is just the natural world. No, the natural world has been messed up with sin. It all started with a question, didn't it? Disrespectful question. Friends, let's don't be foolish. Let's learn how the enemy works. How, does it, how did it start? Help me out. How did it, with a disrespectful question. And one thing led to another, led to another. Then he's got their senses involved and what they're seeing and what they're hearing and what they're feeling. And the temptation gets stronger and they ruin their life. They ruined their life. Started with a disrespectful question. Here's number three. Let's go over them again. Number one's what? Questioning. Number two is what? Contradicting. And number three is ignoring. They had to ignore what God had so plainly told them to do this. Didn't he? He asked, he said, uh, has God said? And she told him, yeah, this is what God said. They both were crystal clear don't eat of the fruit of that tree. They knew it. 
And God told them, if you do, you're going to die. They knew that. They were clear. They had to ignore that to just go on and eat the fruit. Didn't they? They had to ignore what they should have been respecting. One of the greatest ways to disrespect is to ignore. To ignore. Listen to the 13th verse. The 13th verse, the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me. The serpent beguiled me. Young's literal translation, Young's literal, says the serpent has caused me to forget. Well, that's literally what the Hebrew says that she said. And that's another way of saying, did she choose to forget about what God had told her? Did Adam choose to forget what God had so plainly told them? Is this not ultimate disrespect? To just act like he didn't say anything? Ignoring. You, you hear people say oftentimes, you know, did, did you, somebody's over them is asking them, so did you do what I told you to do? I forgot. Evidence of disrespect. You might as well say, it didn't mean anything to me, and I didn't care. That's why I didn't remember. See, people use I forgot as an excuse. But the truth is, you don't forget things that are really important to you. Hmm? Somebody says, come down to the bank. Somebody left you a million dollars. Be there at 8.30 tomorrow morning. Three weeks do not pass. And they say, why didn't you come? And you say, I forgot. You don't forget. What's important, if it's important to you, if you have to, you'll set five alarm clocks and you'll get up three hours early, right? When you say, you keep saying, I forgot, you're just saying, it didn't matter to me. It wasn't important to me. I didn't care. They should have respected God. They chose to treat what He told them as insignificant. They should have believed God. Instead, they questioned Him and let this entity question Him and listen to it and entertained it. And in so doing, they despised what God had told them. They ignored what God had told them. And the next thing you know, if you despise Him, what's going to happen to you? You're going to be despised. You're going to be lightly esteemed. They were fellowshipping with God on His level, clothed with the glory in a perfect garden where it's never too hot, never too cold, no pain, no discomfort, nothing. Now they're out in animal skins, grubbing in the dirt, dirty, stinky, pain, uncomfortable. Are they being honored? No. They're being treated like they treated Him. They treated him unimportant. They ignored what he said. Now there they are. Fallen. And he didn't do it to them. They did it to themselves. By their choice. You do understand. We have a choice every day, don't we? Of what we respect and what we ignore. What we question disrespectfully. Questioning. Contradicting. Ignoring. Here's the fourth one. Here's the fourth one. After they had partaken of the uh, forbidden fruit, after they had sinned, uh, verse 9, God called Adam. And he said, Adam, uh, where are you? And, and verse 10, Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and, 
And I hid myself and, and he said, did you eat of the fruit? I told you not to. And he said, well, the woman that, that, that you gave me, and she gave it to me. And let's just stop right here. Disrespect deflects. Deflects. Deflection. To deflect means to bend or to turn aside, to turn from a true course or a straight line. God asked him a question. What's a straight line answer? Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? What's a straight line answer? Right here, God. Why didn't he say that? Why didn't he answer that? Where are you, Adam? He said, well, I heard your voice and, and, and I was afraid. And so I hit, he starts explaining, which is rebellion. Why? Because he said, I know what you asked me, but I'm not going to answer what you asked me. I'm going to answer it the way I want to answer it. And why would he do that? Because... He wants to deflect the attention and focus off of him onto something else and somebody else which is deceptive. It takes humility and honesty to answer the question and take responsibility. Doesn't it? Where are you? Help me out. What's the answer? What's the straight line? Where are you, Adam? Right here, God. Did you eat of the fruit I told you not to eat of? What's the answer? Yes, Lord. Yes. But he didn't do that. What's he doing? Now, now listen, friend. I'm not talking about you have to answer anything that anybody asks you. Mm -mm. We're talking about somebody over you. In a position or in a situation. When they ask you something. There's a lot of people who have asked me questions. And I just don't answer them. They're not over me. Right? <laughs> I had a reporter catch me sometime. Some while back. And tried to just grill me with questions. And, and I, I just smiled and said no. I don't know you. <laughs> Got nothing to say to you. Started to say, you're not my friend. <laughs> you know, why would I want to give you ammunition to try to hurt me? Right. You know, they're not over me. I, I don't owe them any kind of an answer. But I'm talking about, I'm understanding God is over Adam. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then you don't dance around when he asks you a question or anybody he told you to show respect to or show honor to ask you a question. You answer that question. Now, if they want to know more, they can ask. Or if you want to tell more, you can ask them if they want to know more. But tell me what the first thing you do. What the first thing you do, you don't deflect, you answer. You don't try, see, he, he said, did you eat of that fruit I told you not? He said, well, the woman, did you? What's he, what's he trying to do? Did, did, everybody say Deflection. He's trying to deflect it. The, the spotlight, God has said, did you? And the spotlight is, boom! And Adam's in the spotlight. The honest thing to do is to stand up and say, yeah, I did it. But no, he says, the woman, the, the woman. You know, you gave me that woman. <laughs> <laughs> no can we make some changes friends in our life can we eliminate this disrespect that see the enemy has the Bible said he's very subtle very crafty he has uh, infected the church with it it's gotten out of the, from the world into the church and, and now generations of people are, are smart mouthed and, and defiant 
and, and, and questioning and questioning. People think, well, it's a sign of intelligence to question authority. No, it's a sign of the devil. Well, this is going over big. Can you, can, can you say, whoo? <laughs> no. There's some questions ought not be asked. There's no way you can ask it in respect. And there's only one response. When God's in something and God's told you to show respect to something, you must show deference. Everybody say deference. deference. To defer to. That means you give it a place over you, you take a place under it. And God's not going to make you do that. You have to do it yourself. The Bible didn't say God's going to humble you. He's going to make you submit. That's religion people have come up with that. He told you to submit yourself. It's up to you. You can defy God if you want to. But people are fools if they do. No. Would you receive these things that we've talked about today? Would you say, Lord, bring them to my remembrance? Anytime I start to hear that or say or do it, I don't want to do it, show me, and I will resist it, and I'll bite my tongue, and I'll not participate. Stand on your feet and let's, let's say it.